Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with these products or their benefits, don't hesitate to give Artisan Botanicals a call. 405-458-9699. They have a staff that's dedicated to helping you live a better life. Plus, when you order online, we're saving you 15% off your online order with the discount code COLBYSHOW at checkout. So visit abotanicalcompany.com. Order online and save 15%. All right, it is Friday, the, the official start of the NCAA tournament. We had play-in games yesterday, and now we kick this thing off. It is going to be a great weekend, four straight days of March Madness college basketball chaos, and I can't wait. Uh, I will uh, give you guys my tournament bracket at the end of this draft, but uh, today... We are drafting college basketball players from the expanded bracket era, which is the 84-85 season when the bracket was expanded to 64 teams. So from that era on, uh, we're we're drafting college basketball players. Um, The only parameter is that they have to have reached a Final Four in their career. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, Took a little bit of digging uh, to to put the big board together, but uh, a lot of fun. Carson Cunningham and Aaron Davis join me for today's draft. Our draft this week is a March Madness NCAA tournament player draft. But as always, to narrow the field, to narrow the the selections that we're able to choose from, uh, we've decided to go expanded bracket era only. So in 1985 is when they expanded the bracket to 64 teams. So from the expanded bracket period forward, 85 and up, Uh, That player pool of guys that have been to an NCAA Final Four is who you're allowed to choose from. So we have Aaron Davis and Carson Cunningham from KOCO Channel 5 as uh, guys. It's it's officially NCAA tournament time. How are we feeling? Feeling good. Just polished up my bracket. I spend no more than about five minutes on it every year. I tend to do somewhat pretty well, but I just, I go with my gut and, uh, I'm ready for the tournament, man. It's been a long time. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm more of an NIT kind of guy personally, but, uh, gonna have to settle for the real thing this year. So of course you are. No, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch like my first full college basketball game this season tomorrow. Very nice. Very nice. Aaron actually suggested that we do a best of the NIT draft today, but, uh, is that bracket out yet? (laughs) I don't even know. Are they doing the NIT this year? I don't think so. Yeah. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense to do it this year. Yeah. All right. So, uh, random order. Carson is drafting first. I am drafting second. Aaron, you get the, uh, back to backs at number three. It's a snake draft. We're drafting five starters, three players to come off the bench, so eight total draft picks, uh, again, from the expanded bracket era of college basketball. All players must have been to a Final Four to be eligible to be drafted. And uh, Carson Cunningham, you are on the clock, sir. Man, I don't know what I did to deserve the number one overall pick, but uh, I don't think there's any direction you should go other than this guy. This is an amazing statistic that caps off an amazing career in college basketball, the best career of anyone in the history of the sport, at least since 1985 at least. Christian Leitner played in 23 NCAA tournament games. At the time, the most you could play in was 24. So he made he won the national title twice. He made the final four once and was an NCAA finalist once. So he played he played all but one possible game over his four years in college in the NCAA tournament. He insane as the as the years have passed, people tend to look at him as overrated. I thought the ESPN 30 for 30 did a great job just telling you how freaking good he was in college. And people don't remember his NBA career. He was actually pretty decent in the NBA. He was a good player and stuck around for a while. So I, I think you got to go with Christian Leitner. Number one. That's my pick. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be pretty. It's a no brainer. I mean, by far, you got, the number one pick available. Yeah, you got to be pretty good to be the only college dude invited to the dream team. <laughs> that's another thing on his resume for sure. He's, you know what? Honestly, I think that kind of hurts him. If, if he weren't on the dream team, I wonder if he would be remembered in a better way because he was a college kid paired with the best team that ever played. And everybody just thought, who the hell is this guy? He should, he doesn't belong. Yeah. I, I almost think that that might be a negative thing for him, but you look at the skill set. you know, he made an all-star team in the NBA. 
I he would be terrific in today's NBA as a stretch four, a guy that could shoot the ball at that size. I you know he might have just played in the wrong era of the NBA to be honest. Yeah, I mean he there's there was a game where he played against Shaq at LSU and really made him look stupid, like pulled him away from the basket really, and, and that thirty for thirty went over that as well. But I had that dream team poster on my wall, and Leitner just sticks out like yeah. a complete sore thumb. It is kind of funny to look back on, but. I'm glad you guys agree with my number one pick. Yeah, that's that's who I would have taken. And and look, I'm uh, it's well documented. I am a Duke hater. I have no problem admitting that I'm a Duke hater. Um, and yeah, Christian Leitner is the no-brainer, number one overall for this draft. All right, so uh, number two, I feel like after Christian Leitner, it just almost becomes a preference thing because his resume in college basketball just supersedes anything that anybody else has ever accomplished. So... I think from this point on, it just kind of becomes preference. And I'm just going to go with a guy that was undefeated in in the NCAA tournament. He only played in one, but he went all the way. And as basically an 18-year-old, he was the best player on the floor every time he played. Uh, He was a one-man wrecking crew for the conference that we watch every single day. So uh, at number two overall, this might be a reach, but I'm going to take Carmelo Anthony off the board. I had him pretty high on my draft board. Okay. I'm surprised he went this okay. early, but uh, he murdered the Big 12 that year, didn't he? Didn't he Four beat... teams, yeah. Who all did they beat? Kansas, Texas? Kansas, Texas, I believe OU. Or did he beat OSU? Maybe that it was year? OSU. Yeah, Kansas and Texas were the final four in the national championship right. game. He yeah. might have beat OSU that year, if I remember right. We're getting old. Yeah, I, he beat, I forget the years. He beat, he beat them all. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Carmelo Anthony. Pick. So yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I've just he was dominant. Well, and he was kind of like the precursor to what we see now with the one and dones that are just you know every year there's one or two guys yeah. that you know are just NBA ready now that are forced to play college ball. Obviously, Anthony, he could have gone pro, couldn't he, out of high school back then, or was that was that rule just yeah. instilled? Yeah, no, he could. Yeah, he could have went. Okay. That was the, he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, he was in the same draft class as LeBron. Um, yeah, but like, but back then, like, it was a big deal that he was a freshman leading his team to the national championship. Right. And now there's a team of five freshmen starting, and nobody cares. Like, it's just not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, we we weren't at that point where college basketball was dominated by freshmen yet. There were still a lot of future NBA players that were staying multiple years in college. So to watch a guy come in and be the best player on a team that ran through the tournament like that was just unprecedented. No love for Jerry McNamara? Hey, Jerry Mack could play a little bit. He was on my honorable mention <laughs> list just for longevity. <laughs> All right, uh, my first pick. I'm going to go with a guy that's fourth all-time in points scored in a single tournament. He's a national champion, and he's also, uh, let's see, third all-time in the most points scored overall in uh, tournament history. we go with Danny Manning. Good pick. Solid pick. And then my, uh, I'm gonna. Am I next? Because I think he might have taken my pick. No, we're snaking. Okay, I got you. All right, I'm gonna no, snake back know, with. Go ahead. I researched Danny Manning to your point, and a lot of people say that if he had gotten hurt, that Kansas team wouldn't even have made the tournament. They were there was just that little talent around him. He literally. Yeah probably way more so than even Carmelo lifted a team to a national championship. Carmelo had Hakeem Warwick, some good surrounding pieces to him. But Danny just, I mean, that team that team lost like 11 and 12 games that year, and he just got caught fire in the tournament and, you know, was national player of the year, averaged 23 a game. He, he was unbelievable. One of the best NCAA tournament players ever. Nice pick, Aaron. I, right, I actually my... didn't know if you would uh, if you would go back that far on the, on the timeline or not, so... <laughs> Well done. I mean, we're going back to going back to eighty five. I'm telling you, I'm not going to draft anybody from the past five to six years. I mean, we can go ahead and <laughs> talk that up. Uh, nobody on my team from the past five years. Nice. Uh, my my next pick, though, I am going to stick with uh, my era of college basketball. Okay. I'm going to go with a guy that also led his team to a national championship on his own back. Maybe even more dramatically. Uh, that's debatable. But I'm going to go Kimball Walker. His run in 2011 was absolutely insane. He played 38 and a half minutes a game in that tournament and scored 23 and a half points, six rebounds, yeah. six assists, just absolutely dominated. And 
hell, if you want to throw in that Big East tournament run they had that year too. I mean, just for an entire month, he was far and away the best player in college basketball that year. Yeah, that's a great pick, and uh, that's who I was going to select next. So, uh, well done. Kimball Walker was, yeah, one-man wrecking crew. Uh, I, I, You know, there were some other decent players on that team, but he, every single game in that tournament, it was the Kimball Walker show. I mean, he was Who else? Was phenomenal. it J- Jeremy Lamb? Yeah. Was the other guy? Yeah, Jeremy Lamb. Uh, Shabazz Napier was a young guy on that team. Well, no. and people forget, like, people only really remember that run, obviously, the national championship. But I think he helped them get to the Elite Eight the year before and scored 18 points a game. Or he averaged, I think he scored, like, 23 to get them to the Elite Eight in, in the game that advanced them. So it was more than just a one-hit wonder, kind of like a Carmelo situation. He played there three years, and, and the, the year prior to the national title, he was a he was big time for a really good team. Yeah. All right, back to me. I'm going to go with one of my uh, all-time college basketball favorites. Uh, two Final Fours. He won a national championship. He was also a national player of the year. Uh, one of the few people that has the uh, honor of besting the number one pick in this draft, Christian Leitner. Give me Grandmama Larry Johnson. Ooh. Good pick, man. Those UNLV teams, you go back and look at their records. And just how badly they destroyed people. Yeah. Didn't they? I think they were. They went unbeaten. They were one of the last teams yeah. to go unbeaten. I mean, Jerry Tarkanian was cheating like a madman. <laughs> somehow got in the Hall of Fame before Eddie Sutton, which is just yeah. amazing to me. But Grandma Ma was one of the best college players ever. That's a good. Pick. Yeah, that was that was like right in the wheelhouse of when I really got into college basketball. So it's uh, it's somewhat of a, a sentimental pick as well. Well, I think you guys are, are forgetting about somebody for my next pick. He's He is eligible. His last season was 1985 when the bracket was expanded. Georgetown Hoyas, Patrick Ewing, one of the best college basketball players of all time. I loved, I love the Gray Unis still. I think they're the only team that can really pull off the Gray Unis. But, I mean, Patrick Ewing is one of the best college players ever. He made three Final Fours. He won one championship, 2,000 career points. Uh, he's, he was unbelievable, and his, his resume speaks for itself. I'll go, I'll go Leitner and Ewing with my first two picks. I like where I'm starting. Does, uh, nice. does he get an extra points for getting a 13-win team into the tournament this year? <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, and he gets extra points for getting a costume Coach in the arena. Coach on the floor, yeah. The yeah. What, do they do? what is James Dolan doing? I mean, come on. He doesn't need a credential. He doesn't need a media pass. Patrick Ewing, he's seven feet tall. What do you think he's doing in the arena? Is there a, is there a hoop? I feel like Michael Jordan is in Dolan's ear because now we've seen Ewing and Charles Oakley get screwed over by this guy, and Jordan's finally getting that <laughs> 90s revenge on, on all the physicality <laughs> that they played with. I mean, he did beat them That's every true. time, but yeah. All right, Carson, <laughs> you have back-to-backs here. Oh, and the, the snake, my bad. Uh, let's see here. I got my, my big board. Oh man. So I'm gonna have to take a guard at some point, but high on my list here. Okay. Well, I think I can get this guy later. So I'm going to go Anthony Davis. He played one year to me in my time watching college basketball. I don't think I've seen a more dominant player just overall. He may not have had the best numbers, rebounds, points. He had six blocks in the national championship game. This guy was just different amongst, you know, the best players in the country. And we've all seen what he's done in the NBA, but for me, it was, this is a college draft. And over the last 20 years, he's probably the most dominant physical player I've seen in a long time. That's a great pick. And, uh, for the second time in a row, right before I'm about to make a selection, the guy that I'm going to pull the trigger on is taken. So, yeah, Anthony Davis, a lot like Carmelo Anthony, right, gets one shot at it and just torches everybody in his path. And the great thing about Anthony Davis was, even though he was the best player on that team, he almost felt like a utility knife at the same time. Like, whatever they needed from him on any given night is what he gave. If they needed him to score, he would score. If they needed him to just play defense and rebound, he would do that. I mean, that's... That's the thing to me about his college career that, that makes him so special is it's not like he was just going out and scoring 25 a night because they needed scoring. He just did whatever it took for that Kentucky team to win. And you, did you specify they have to make the Final Four, correct? You, you said that off yeah. the top? Yeah, they've got to be okay. a Final Four team. 
Gotcha. Otherwise, Allen Iverson probably would have been my my number one overall pick. Massive Georgetown Allen Iverson fan here. Steph Curry for me. <laughs> I had him on the list originally, and I remembered he lost in the Elite Eight, yeah. which had he won and beaten Kansas, I'm convinced Bill Self would have been the coach at Oklahoma State because there was for sale signs in his yard the year that he ended up <laughs> That year that he ended up winning the title. I, I yeah. got, that got everybody off his back real quick in Lawrence. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I, I hate to do this, but uh, there were only two players from Duke that I was willing to take high in this draft. Not that I, I won't take any more, but that I was willing to take maybe with my first few picks. Uh, this guy was unbelievable in college. The range is unbelievable, and anytime you're building a team, that's got guys like Carmelo Anthony and Larry Johnson. You need somebody to stretch the floor. Uh, this guy played for four years, only made one Final Four, but, I mean, is one of the, the greatest scorers in NCAA history. Give me – also love the podcast. Give me J.J. Redick. No, I mean, I, I couldn't remember if he made it in his – he made it as a sophomore, sophomore but he yeah. still averaged double-figure scoring as a sophomore. He was really good yeah. all four years, so – and he, he was probably the most hated player since Leitner. I mean, just being a, a kid on Duke, yeah. uh, being the best player on Duke, being a white guy on Duke, it's going to get you some hate. So he was he was awesome. I actually, like, I hate Duke, and I actually loved J.J. Redick in college. Like, he was the one Duke guy that really just completely yeah. superseded the hate. I mean, dude, did you ever watch him play? He was just like, he was yeah, just but, disrespectful yeah. to everybody in his path, and, and, and he backed it up. Like, he was so arrogant, but every time he played – like he backed up the arrogance. It was so okay. Really impressive. So, do you like Grayson Allen? Were you a Grayson Allen fan? I mean, let's not put Grayson Allen in the same category as JJ Redick. Hey, he he talked a lot of trash. Played it, dude. Grayson Allen was like a mini version of Brian Boddicker in a Duke uniform. Yeah, he was like the most hateable athlete of the last few years. And he, just, he I actually liked. I liked Duke when they were kind of the young up and comers with with Leitner and, and and those guys, but once they became the dominant force, the evil I, empire, I yeah. Grayson Allen was kind All of right, a NCAA tournament flash in the pan type player too. I mean, yeah, he had that great run his freshman year and took over that game where you know all the the starters on that team were were they in foul trouble or I don't even remember what the scenario was, but he had that stretch in the national title game where he was just bucket after bucket after bucket. All right. I'm gonna, Why don't you take uh, him, Aaron? I, I think this is the perfect time to take Grayson Allen. In Grayson, this draft. Allen Grayson Allen. No, I'm uh, I, I'm going to wait on that one. I think he'll be around in a couple of a couple of rounds. All right. I'm going to go with a guy who I just, let's just, he's a champion, most outstanding player in the tournament. I'm just going to read you his point totals from the 1989 tournament 23 36 34 32 28 31 which is the most points scored ever in a single tournament run take glenn rice out of michigan it's a good pick extremely underrated glenn rice at both the college and nba levels i think and completely totally ahead of his time yeah. i mean the probably the best three-point shooter of his era in an era when nobody shot three-pointers. Like, he would have been unbelievable in this era. He probably watches NBA basketball now and just, like, shakes his head. Right. Like, I would have scored 40 a game in this league. Uh, yeah. He was he was famous for shooting in dark gyms without lights. That's how he got so good at, at shooting. He would shoot with very low visibility. So, great pick. And he always just kind of looked like the – like, he looked like a, a skinny fat guy, right? Like, he never looked like he had a super athletic body or, or super athletic skills on the floor. So I think that also, in some way, just kind of underrates him. Yeah, he, he wore the, uh, the T-shirt under the jersey to hide that physique, I think. And, he, and he, the Fab Five came along right after yeah. him, so he was, like, immediately forgotten yeah. amongst, you know, national perspective of Michigan players. Okay, is it, is it my pick, or is Aaron get another Aaron, one? you are back-to-back, -back, sir. I think yeah, I think I'm going back. Uh, all right, I need a little bit of defense. I've got plenty of scoring on my team, so I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my anchor down low to protect the rim. I'm gonna take Joakim Noah, two-time champion, most outstanding player. I mean, it's experience. He's got a ton of experience, and uh, he's gonna be a great defensive anchor to protect the rim. It's a good pick. A little early. Earlier than I expected, yeah. but uh, his record in terms of a team player speaks for itself. I mean, those Florida teams were 
you can make a case. I mean, they won back-to-back titles. The last team to do that, I believe, since Duke. Yeah. Um, so that's a good anchor to have for sure. He's he blocked he's, 29 shots yeah. in uh, the 2006 run. Well, the skill set. If you don't need him to be your best player, I mean, it's it's a pretty good pick because he he can rebound, he can play defense, he can pass. Like he he is a really good role player. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. He's the only guy that I initially put on the big board, and I was like, you know what? I just don't want that guy on my team, and I scratched him off. Like, <laughs> wasn't going to draft him under any circumstance. If he had been available for my eighth pick in this draft, I was not going to take Joe Kim Noah. So, you took a you took a Duke player over Joe Kim yep. Noah. Yep. That just that that should also tell you something. <laughs> my hatred for Duke and Joe Kim Noah. Uh, that's funny. All right. There were a few guys. There were a few guys I, I had to leave off as well. Man, this is tough. I could go so many directions here. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with a point guard. A guy that uh, since I was gonna take Kimba as my point guard, I'm gonna go with a guy that I think is uh, somewhat similar to Kimba. Only maybe not quite as physical, but has terrific range. Uh, and again, maybe not as accomplished in the NCAA tournament as some other guys that are available, but he was a national player of the year. He had a big shot in the NCAA tournament, took his team to a championship game where they fell short. But give me my man Trey Burke from Michigan. Ah, Trey Burke, more recent memory. Interesting. What did how how many years did he play there? I think he was a three year guy. Okay. Was it uh, Kate Cunningham that said he was a ball boy at that game where he hit the shot to advance? Oh, I don't know. I, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I believe Kate Cunningham mentioned he was talking about his favorite tournament memories. He was a ball boy when Trey Burke hit that famous shot, and he he mentioned that. So some timely Trey Burke knowledge it was, there. Yeah, it was a uh, that was the precursor to Damian Lillard. The just extended range three to end the game. I thought he was going to be better in the pros, yeah. Trey Burke. Yeah, a little too small for the NBA game, I think, but uh, mm-hmm. just incredible in college. National player of the year. Yep. All right, Carson, back-to-backs for you. Well, the guy I was hoping would, would still be there is there, and it just it makes perfect sense to pair a three-time Final Four finalist a two-time national champion with his BFF, Christian Leitner. Give me Bobby Hurley, one of the best point guards in the history of college basketball. Another guy I think has kind of lost to time. He was, a, he was good in the pros when he got there. Um, but, I mean, they, they dismantled, dismantled the Fab Five when they played for, for yeah. it all, and Hurley was a big reason for that. He absolutely annihilated them. His late three-pointer against UNLV is, is what Coach K calls the biggest shot in Duke history. Bigger than Leitner's, which beat Kentucky to make the Final Four. So uh, it makes perfect sense to pair Bobby Hurley with Christian Leitner. Yeah, and then the the car crash and the pros certainly derailed the professional career. But yeah, just an incredible player. Aaron, do you have any recollections of Bobby Hurley? Or is that before your time? <laughs> it's a little bit before my okay. time. I mean, I, I'm obviously very aware of who he is. I just right. don't. Yeah, hey, I wasn't think- watching it. He picked Glenn Rice. That was before Bobby Hurley, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think Hurley. Hur- yeah, Hurley probably came in like right at the end of uh, Rice's time at Michigan. Yeah, Rice won in '89, and Hurley was on the '91 and '92 Duke championship teams. So. Yep. All right, back to backs for you, Carson. Oh, back to backs for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. God, I don't have any. Like, do I need? Do we need like a well-rounded roster, or do you just pick the best guy? You can build, like, it, you can build it. However you want to build it. Oh, let's see here, man. I have so many guys I want right here. Um, you know what? I need. This is a tough. I have two guys that I want both equally. Um. I gotta go. I can't let this guy slip anymore. I'm going with Derrick Rose, and again, I know he was a one-year wonder. I still don't know how that Memphis team lost that game to Kansas. They were up nine late. They missed all those free throws. Derrick Rose they thoroughly was two outplayed at the end. Kansas. Yeah. 
Derrick Rose is again one of the better college players. Just yeah. just as far as passing the eye test, he may not have like the the tournament resumes and and things we we break down, but he passes the eye test. I want him on my team with Anthony Davis. If Derrick Rose doesn't miss those free throws, I think he's probably regarded in the same breath as Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Davis and I mean. Kevin Durant, Michael Beasley, in terms of just great freshman seasons. But because it ended the way it ended, I think it just probably takes away how you remember that season. But, yeah, he was – he was. you could tell he was just going to be a stud at the next level. He was better than everybody he played against. Yep. I'll take him on my team. It was uh, – Calipari was at Memphis then, right? Yep. Yes. Immediately got put on probation. Somehow I was in the Hall of Fame before Eddie Sutton. That's gonna be that's gonna be a theme today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, did did he go to Kentucky the year after that, or was it two years after that? I mean, it was very quickly after the the Memphis run. It was almost immediate. It's like yeah. he was doing the introductory press conference yeah. at Kentucky, and they were taking down the banners <laughs> right. in Memphis. Oh yeah. All right, um, man. I have such a weirdly built team. Give me a two-time Final Four participant. And uh, I think he was also a National Player of the Year. From the North Carolina Tar Heels, Jerry Stackhouse. Ooh. He was on my list. I had a Stackhouse Stackhouse North Carolina jersey back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Two years? Two years. Yeah, I mean, those Carolina runs with him and Rasheed Wallace yeah. and Vince Carter came a little later. Uh, man, Dean Smith should have won more national titles than he did. I know he had a Hall of Fame career and, yeah. and won a ton. I but think they the had talent he had. Yeah, I think they lost in the Final Four like five times in the 90s. Yeah, like he, he got them there a bunch yeah. and couldn't quite. It's kind of like OSU baseball getting to Omaha every year, and they had no right. titles to show from it. I know North Carolina won some under Dean Smith, but, man, he had the most talent virtually every year. I don't have the draft order. So you Aaron, you are up, sir. Pick. I'm up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, back-to-back. So I, I might be taking this guy a little early, but I'm going to be honest. I just – I want to make sure I get this guy on my team. I don't really need him to fill this position just yet. So I'm taking a bench spot guy before I even fill out my starters because I need this guy on my team. Uh, I didn't watch him play, but he's one guy that I've been absolutely fascinated with uh, for a a while. I'm going to take Big Nasty. The dude went to Arkansas, won a national championship, made another national championship game the following year. Take the Big Nasty. Corliss Williamson. All right. One of the hair pioneers. He had a bald head with like his number and like a line going around. He was, he was like a superhero when you were a little kid. Yeah. Like he was like, that guy's not even real. Yeah. And he was like six, six, but played as a big man. Just totally a bygone era there. Yeah. Kind of Charles Char- Barkley. Yeah, I was about to say Charles Barkley. Like, yeah. Scotty Thurman would, on that team. Yeah. Scotty Thurman, Corey Beck. Scotty Thurman's shorts dang near touched his ankles. They were one of the pioneers of like the ultra. Yeah. Like Fab Five had the first baggy shorts, but Arkansas took it to another level. Scotty Thurman was so, looked like an and one uh, guy, right? Like those and one guys that have the, the they do the videos yeah. and yeah, they're the shorts are basically dragging the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Let me ask you guys a question real quick. Wait, was Arkansas even on the radar in college basketball? before they had that run in the mid-90s, or did yeah. it just come out, like, they just land Corliss Williams, who was, like, a parade All-American and stuff like this? Yeah, they, they were in a Final Four here. in, like, uh, 90 or 91, I believe. And, and obviously, well, I mean, Eddie had them rolling in, there in the go. 80s as well, yeah. so, yeah. Five Slam a Jamma okay. was a big deal. I mean, they were rolling yeah. with Eddie. Eddie probably shouldn't have left with the way the Kentucky thing worked out, but... Yeah, okay. so to, to answer just, your like, question, Aaron, yes. Yeah. They were okay. Uh, all right, back-to-back picks. I do need another guard. Uh, I'm going to jump on that 2003 tournament bandwagon. We've already taken Carmelo out of there, but there was another guy that ended up being an NBA Hall of Famer that took the world by storm in that tournament run. Go Dwayne Wade. Uh, took Marquette to the Final Four. 22 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. 
two steals, two blocks, like just doing everything for Marquette to get him uh, into that final four where they lost to Kansas, right? Yes, in the semifinal. Yeah, because yeah, Syracuse beat Texas. Yeah. yeah. So, but we go Dwayne Wade. That was not the final four player from that year that I thought you were going to take. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I Dwayne I Wade, Travis Diener, that Marquette team, I, I remember seeing them early that season. And I, I remember just writing his name down because I, I saw him play. I was like, this guy is just so much better than everybody on the floor. And I just remember writing down Dwayne Wade, and, and it's spelled super weird. But, uh, yeah, I just, that was one of those guys that you just see for the first time. You're like, how is this guy not talked about more? He's incredible. Yeah. Did you think I was going to take a Thunder player? No. Okay. Oh, I know you were, okay, I know who you yeah. were thinking. Sorry, Carson. No, you're good. Uh, that's who I had in my queue, so that's a good pick. But he was just, to your point, like exactly what you said, Colby, like he was so much better than everyone else. And I, I couldn't believe he went in the draft where he did. He went really high, but I was like, so who, what was the order of that draft? It was Darko, it was LeBron, 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 Darko, Darko or LeBron, Mello, Wade. Wade. And, no, no, no. And was it Bosch and then Wade, Wade, Wade or Bosch? Is Bosch then Wade? Okay. Wade went five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they ended up playing together, but I thought I should have gone ahead of Bosch. Yeah, I was like, how are you not drafting Wade here? Unreal. And I mean, what he won a title? What in year two or three? It was very quickly. Two. Yeah, yeah he won a year two. Yeah, okay. with Shaq, I think maybe it's three. Might have been three. So maybe. good. D- no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's one of the best. He's one of the best shooting guards in the history of basketball. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and in college, like. Get Marquette in a Final Four for crying out loud! Like, he was yeah, just a really good college player that probably nobody saw, so he doesn't get enough credit for how good he was in college. But yeah, definitely on a completely different level. All right, Dwayne Wade off the board. Um, I need a center, so I'm going to stay right here in the state of Oklahoma. The '95 incredible run. Uh. I was I was gonna take him at some point, uh, but I, I some of the picks that I had planned to take have been taken off the board. So I'm in I'm in tilt mode a little bit. So I'm just grabbing uh, somebody that I really wanted on my team. Period. Uh, so give me big country Bryant Reeves. He beat Tim Duncan. He beat Marcus Camby in their Final Four run. He shattered the backboard. I mean, the entire nation was in big country fever when they made that run in 1995. So. Bryant Reeves. He beat he beat an NBA big in every single round. He yeah. beat Malik Rose, Antonio, Antonio McDice, McDice yeah. Tim Duncan, and Marcus Camby. I mean that that's a murderer's row. And again, the NCAA loves to put OSU in murderer's row situations like they are this year. Uh, the 04 team somehow got a two seed, even though they were 30 and three. Uh, so, but don't get me started on that. But big country. I, I knew he would go earlier than probably. He should, but I think that'll earn you some some fan votes on who has the best team. Yeah, I mean, Sha- Shaq says he's one of the best bigs he ever played against. He's underrated. Yeah. Like he really is. Like people just look at him and like, ah, oh, he's just a big white stiff. But he was so skilled. He had the softest turnaround jumper you'll ever see, and he was really good in the NBA until you know his his, his body gave out on him. And he got that huge contract for a reason. He was. Shaq said it. He was getting worked by big country in, in the NBA, let alone what he did in college. So he, he's underrated. He, he's one of the best college players ever by any metric. Yeah, 21.5 points a game, 9.5 rebounds his senior year. Yeah, I mean, I my dad had season tickets. Uh, I mean, he got tickets at his first year, and that's when I started going to old Gallagher. And I remember back then, kids could just kind of, hang on to the side of the court when the game in, you can yeah. just run out on the court. The amount of kids who was trying to get his wristbands, remember those OSG yeah. wristbands that he would wear? Like I could, it was like 15 deep of kids trying to get to big country. And so I, I had to settle for like Jerome Lambert one year <laughs> <laughs> instead of getting to big country. That's awesome. Aaron, no comments on, on the Bryant Reeves pick. Look, I, I'm not. I don't really. I don't really yeah. know a lot about uh, Big Country. I knew. I, I know who he is. I've seen the uh, yeah. the highlights, but yeah, not. Uh, Fair enough. I don't know. I can't. No, no more comment on the pick. Fair enough. Sorry. All right, Carson. Back to backs for you. Okay, I'm going with straight. This is not a need. This is just the top available player by by a long way. I mean, a lot of people would rank this guy inside the top ten 
of all time. Made two Final Fours, won the NCAA title, scored nearly 3,000 career points, four-time first-team All-American, Tyler Hansbro. The original Tim Tebow. No one's going to vote for my team because he's on it. Everyone, He was kind of like Grayson Allen and, and, and Tim Tebow rolled into one. Very unlikable. Yeah. But, man, two Final Fours, national champion, four-time first-teamer, nearly 3,000 points, as I mentioned. He averaged 20 points per game in their, their title run. They Or, no, I'm sorry, the Tar Heels beat teams by an average of 20 points the year they won the title. He averaged 17 and, and, some, and he averaged 17 a game. So his resume is like Tebow-esque. Like Tebow's not the greatest quarterback in college football, but his resume is, is arguably the best. And I think yeah. that's what Hans Bros has as well. Yeah. That's a great pick, and and the Tebow comparison is is one hundred percent spot on. Yeah, he's just kind of the the try hard overachiever type of guy that that stayed all four years, and and just I mean the resume speaks for itself. You just mentioned it. I mean he's from a resume standpoint, he's top ten, no question. He was there for four years. I thought he was yeah. there for ten. It well, seemed like he was there the entire <laughs> from like two thousand to two thousand and ten. Every year, Tyler Hand, I guess, because he played so many games in the tournament. Yeah. It just felt like every time I turned the TV on in March, he was on. Yeah. That's a great pick, especially at this point in the draft. So, All right, Carson, back-to-backs for you. I was going with value. Um, I need some guards, man. I'm, I'm lacking on the guards. Let's see here. Okay, I, I could go a little more local flavor, but I'm going to go with one of the greatest college point guards of all time. Did you know the last time the Big Ten won a national championship was the year 2000? And it's the year that this guy was playing for him, Mateen Cleaves. He was a floor general. He made two Final Fours, won the title in 2000. Again, his numbers aren't overwhelming, but if you have him on your team, you're winning the game. That's basically what Mateen Cleaves was. And Tom Izzo said he's the most important recruit he ever had, and I think is another one of those resume guys didn't have the NBA career, but when you think of college basketball point guards, like Mateen Cleaves, one of the first names you should think of. Yeah. Yeah. Great pick. Uh, two final fours, right? Is that what you said? Two final fours, yeah. one title in 2000. Last time the big 10 who everyone yeah. thinks invented basketball this year, <laughs> last time they won a national title was 2000. Yeah. You know, Izzo's, uh, that's Izzo's only title, isn't it? In his eight final fours. I believe so, yeah. yeah. We were talking about that yesterday, weren't we, yeah. Colby? That he's been to, yeah. Eight Final Fours, Tom Izzo, yeah. Crazy. I mean, we, you know, like the North Carolina thing, It's just, you've been there so much, it's insane that there's only been one championship. One, one shining moment with Michigan State at the very end. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. I'm just going to go best player available here. Um I need some front court players. Best front court player available on my board. Uh, this guy went to two Final Fours. He was also a National Player of the Year. Uh, give me Anton Jameson from North Carolina. Love it. Uh, another guy that I think, as time has moved on, people have forgotten how good he was in college. I mean, he was the guy yeah. back then. I remember him and those North Carolina teams. Like Vince Carter now is what people probably think of when they think of those teams that he played on, but Jamison was their, was the best player on those teams. Yeah, his uh, senior year, or actually he only played three years, junior year 22 and 10 were the points and rebound numbers. Sophomore year 19 and 9. And two right. final fours. I'm, uh, so these are my final two picks, right? That Drop is my, correct, my Aaron. Up. Final two picks. All right. All right. My first one, I'm going to take the guy that I believe you thought I was going to take when I took Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I need a guy. I need a point guard off my bench. I need a guy that could go in there and uh, just kind of facilitate and, you know, get some assist. And, you know, if I need him to get a bucket, he can get a bucket. He was, he was, I think he might have been my first favorite college basketball player I ever, ever. Um, in that 2003 tournament run. I'm going to take TJ Ford out of Texas. One of the, uh, hit 51 assists in that 2003 tournament run. Uh, it ranks in the top five of assists, a total assist in a single tournament. 
P.J. Ford. I need somebody to uh, dish the ball to my next pick so my next guy can score some buckets. Yeah, I uh, I wrote down T.J. Ford when you took Dwayne Wade because you, you just mentioned that final four, and I know Aaron grew up in, in Austin, Carson, so... Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I was totally convinced TJ Ford was the pick on the last go round. And I, I knew that you were going to pull the trigger on him at some point in this draft, but he was, yeah, he was the player of the year that year. He was, and, and he took yeah. that Texas team to a, a final four as a guy that wasn't a great scorer and really didn't have great scores around him, but his playmaking ability well, set up all those guys to get it done. You're, t- you're telling me Chris Mim wasn't an elite level scorer. <laughs> Royale Ivy. <laughs> Yeah, there's a you, that 2003 tournament. There's probably a guy on each of the final four teams that you could make an argument for in this draft. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yep, I'm thinking of a few. Like, was that the the Kansas team in 03? Yeah, yeah. yeah Nick Collison, Kansas team. Yep. Yeah, man. That see, that's why like college basketball just isn't what it used to be. Guys like Nick Collison were not playing that late in their careers. Yeah. I mean, e- even TJ Ford was ahead of his time to leave as like a sophomore mm-hmm. after that, that season. Yeah. Aaron and I actually had that conversation yesterday. The The difference in the college basketball that we all grew up watching, you had like Dukes and North Carolinas and, and Kansases that, that had Anton Jamison's and Nick Collison's and guys that played two and three years. And, and every team was like that in the country. So not only did you have more talent across the board, but you had more mature talent across the board. It was, it's night and day from, from what we're watching today. All right, final pick. I'm going to go with a dude that just gets buckets, help lead a team to a national championship. Go with Rip Hamilton out of UConn. Pretty good one. I mean, he had that game winner that's always played on the uh, the one shining moment buzzer beaters. Uh, great NBA, great NBA career, obviously NBA champ. But this was pre uh, pre face mask, Rip Hamilton. Yeah. Did they? Was he even like? Did there, was he called Rip in college, or was he just uh, Richard? Was yeah, he, he Richard? Was and the Rip came he, later. He, he was, was still Richard. Rip. Okay. Yeah. Good pick. All right. This just point. got buckets. Two tournament runs where he uh, averaged over 20 points a game. All right. Do I get two picks and we're done? Uh, I've got I've got one. Let's see. You have Leitner, Ewing, Anthony Davis, Bobby Hurley, Derek Rose, Tyler Hansborough, and Mateen Cleaves. You have one pick left. I have one pick left, and then we are done. So okay. for my final pick, let's see. I am... Choosing between the two highest guys on my board are Chris Weber from the Fab Five and Marcus Camby from UMass. Um, man, the timeout kind of makes me not want to pick Chris Weber, but for two years, I loved watching Chris Weber at Michigan. Uh, so despite the timeout, I'm just not going to let him, I'm not going to give him the power to make any decisions on the floor. You just go score and get rebounds. You are not a point guard. You don't need the ball outside the three-point line. So, Chris Weber, no decisions for you. Just go rebound and get buckets. Finish in transition. Give me uh, the best player from the Fab Five, Chris Weber. I'm shocked he's still available. He was next in my queue because I, I kind of passed over him. I think the timeout does kind of yeah. overshadow just one of the best college players of all time. I mean, they didn't win a t- title. Um, I don't even know if they won. Did they win the Big Ten? They might not have won their conference. Oh, that's Surely a good they question. I can't remember year. if they did or not. I think I read something about the Fab Five that they didn't win anything. Um, so maybe that's right. I, I can't remember. I'm speaking out of turn. But but yeah, Weber's you know, one of the greatest college players ever. So you make my, you make my decision a lot easier. I get one more, right? One more to finish it off. I'm stunned this guy's still on the board with our local flavor. I need some shooting. Give me Buddy Heald, National Player of the Year, averaged 25 a game his final year at Oklahoma, led them to the Final Four. One of the most epic butt whoopings you'll ever see once they got there against Villanova. Just one of the games where you know Villanova shot lights out, they did not. But the fact he was national, I think he's a little underrated too already in his yeah. college career. National Player of the Year, 25 a game. He shot 46% from three. I, that's, that's exactly, that was a need pick for me. So I, yeah. I probably would have taken Weber and avoided the need, but I'll go with Buddy Heald. Yeah, that's a great pick. And, you know, for Heald, I think part of it is 
He came after Blake Griffin and then was superseded by Trey Young. And, you know, I think the bookends of, of his career probably uh, diminish what he accomplished. And, and you're right. I, you know, like the we talked about the Derrick Rose finale. We talked about the Chris Webber finale. I think the way that those guys' careers ended maybe doesn't give them as much shine as they deserve. Same thing with maybe that OU team. They were, they were a lot better than maybe they're remembered for because of the way Villanova just took them to the woodshed. I mean, just I, – I think Buddy's a perfect example of a player staying for, you know, an extended period of time in college paying off. Because I remember – you remember he was really good his junior year, and I think that, at least for me, I was kind of under the impression he should probably go to the NBA. And he comes back for a senior year and is, you know, player of the year and all that stuff and only helps himself. But that team was so good that, like, the Lloyd Noble Center actually sold out. Like, I remember going yeah. to games and getting standing room to only tickets – and then the next season, OU wins like 11 games are terrible. It's absolutely miserable to watch. And there's 500 people in the Lloyd Noble Center or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Who was on that OU team? It was him. Uh, Spangler. Isaiah. Cousins. Cousins, yeah. yeah. Ryan Spangler. There was another. Who was the, the other big? Kadeem, Kadeem Latin. Yeah. Sounds right, yeah. yeah. That that name, like I don't know where I got that that's, from, but I think it's accurate. That's a pretty incredible <laughs> pool, by the way. I, I, well, I went. To... I went to that Final Four game. One of the worst viewing experiences of my life. Did you guys go to that? No. It was in Dallas, right? It was in uh, Houston. Houston at Reliant Stadium, and the TNT set was in front of the media, so all you could see was Barkley and the guys and their big set, and you just looked up at the giant screen the whole time, and it was just there was no atmosphere. It was yeah. bizarre. I, uh, so I was at the 2015 Final Four in Dallas at, uh, at AT&T, and my, my actual media seat was, I mean, you guys have been up there for, for Big 12 championship games and, and everything else. It was up in that area. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like watching ants play basketball from that seat. So I spent zero time up there, and I just went down to the floor. The problem is the floor's elevated, so... Anybody sitting on the floor, it's not a good view from the floor, period. Uh, so I was basically behind one of the baskets in the student section. I just kind of like had my media pass, so I just walked into that area because uh, there wasn't going to be a good place to sit. So I thought, I'll just go get behind the basket in the student section and just take in the atmosphere. And even sitting probably 20 feet behind the basket, I was watching the Jumbotron the majority of the game. Uh, and then you just have the crowd reacting around you. So my experience was more just like feeling the atmosphere of the students just losing their minds with every big shot that was made and, and every foul that was called and, and all of that. But you're absolutely right. It's, there's not a good seat at a Final Four, especially when they're in those massive arenas. No. Yeah, I, I had friends go to San Antonio when OSU made it in 04. And most of them had to sit up in like the rafters of the Alamo Dome. Yeah. So it's like I had a better seat in Stillwater watching on TV than they had going to the game itself. Yeah. All right, before I let you run, uh, NCAA tournament, uh, what's your uh, what's your champion pick? Well, I got to go with Gonzaga, and I, I've said this several years, but this feels like the year they finally win it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in most years, I don't like to pick number one seeds, but I think this year it's, it's super top-heavy. I'm going with three number one seeds, Baylor, Illinois, and Gonzaga, and I've got Texas. I think Texas got a great draw. I think if OSU had Texas's draw, I'd be picking OSU to make the Final Four as well. So I got Texas in the three number ones with Gonzaga beating Brad Underwood in Illinois. And I, I dogged on Brad Underwood when he took over at Illinois. He didn't do a good job the first couple of years getting that thing back on track, but he's proven to be a hell of a coach because yeah. Illinois, I, I wanted to pick them. It just kind of feels like Gonzaga's year. Yeah, I, we have the same Final Four, actually. Um, same champion. I have I have uh, Gonzaga over Baylor. But, yeah, that's uh, Illinois. I, I, I hope we get to see Illinois-Oklahoma State in the second round. I think Oklahoma State can push them, but ultimately I, I think the size inside is probably a little bit too oh. much for the Cowboys. Uh, Horrible to, matchup to, for yeah, to overcome. But I, I would love to see the game, and it would have, obviously, a ton of hype for good reason. Aaron, what do you got? Uh, I haven't filled out my bracket yet, so I don't have my full Final Four just uh, at the moment. But I think I'm leaning towards Baylor to win it. I like the experience. They can shoot the three really well. They're good defensively. Uh, but I'm going to be rooting for Alabama. And I think Alabama, I think that the region that they got put in, I think that they could come out of there. I like the way they play with that pace. 
Uh, Michigan not having the Livers kid for potentially the whole tournament uh, definitely weakens Michigan a little bit. And uh, you could probably argue that Alabama now might be the best team in that region. I mean, it'll be great for Alabama's athletic department to finally win some hardware, right? Win Crying something. Out loud. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I do agree. I think whoever wins the Alabama-Texas game makes the Final Four. I, I, Colby and I went with, with Texas, yeah. but it could certainly be Alabama, too. They're, they're really good. I really went back and forth on that game on its own, and I was going to have the winner of that game beating Michigan either way. So, yeah, I, I, I like Alabama a lot. That was a, that was I've a tough I've got Michigan losing to LSU, and then i got Florida State beating LSU. So I, my, that bracket kind of blows up yeah. for me. Yeah, I've uh, I I really question whether I wanted Florida State beating Michigan as well. So, Florida State's an interesting team, super athletic, and yeah, they're Leonard Hamilton recruits aliens and creatures. I mean, when those guys, when that Florida State team gets off the bus, they're just they look like an NBA team because he just recruits yeah. so well. And they lost first round picks you, last year. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine being Nate Oates and just like trying to fit your one trophy in that cabinet with Nick Saban's? <laughs> Is that the AD there? It's like, yeah, you put it. Yeah, okay. he's Nate Oates is the coach of the ba- uh, basketball team. Turns out it's not Avery Johnson. Turns out he got fired a couple of years ago. But <laughs> oh, I couldn't. I couldn't have told you who the head coach there was. I I couldn't either. I just googled it. I still kind of thought Mike Anderson was the coach at Arkansas coming into this year until they played OSU. I was like, oh, where'd Mike Anderson go? I don't even know where who, he is. Who's now. there now? I think it's Musselman, isn't it? Or did I get that wrong? Is it still Mike Anderson? I I couldn't tell you. Yeah, Muscleman. It's Muscleman. Is it Muscleman? Yeah. 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 See, I saw it was Muscleman. I was like, where did I thought Mike Anderson was the coach? That shows you yeah. how my interest in college basketball. He, Mike Anderson is now the coach at St. John's. Yeah. I don't know if he got canned or if he just took more money at St. John's. He's more of a yeah. He took over for Chris Mullen, which was not a, a hard. Yeah, he was dismissed by Arkansas. Yeah. And then took took over for Chris Mullen at St. John's. I bet you ten years ago I could have told you who the head coach of every like power five or six basketball school was, but now I would be lucky right. to get a couple from each conference. Yep, I'm right there with you. Yep. All Are right, you guys. Put, tweet out our you tweet out our teams and have people vote on who has the best team. Yeah, yeah, we'll d- we'll definitely do that. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I'm not gonna win with Danny Manning and T.J. Ford on my team, or Joakim Noah. I'm just gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna be third. Yeah, not state of Oklahoma, probably not. Yeah, no. I, Carson I think has probably the best team. But well, thank yeah, you. We'll see. I'm biased, but yeah. I would agree. Uh, you you have some <laughs> you know we all have hateable players though. Aaron, I have JJ Redick. Um, yes, you do. The OU fans may not pick me because of the Bryant Reeves pick. Um, I I think a lot of people hate Chris Weber too. Um, and then well because of his commentary. Yeah, Carson's. I mean. It, the Duke haters won't like Leitner and Hurley, but other than that, like a Hansbro's kind of polar. Yeah, you either love. I him got or a pretty hateable yeah, team. Yeah, people. I don't feel like people love Patrick Ewing either. He's not like the most likable Hall of Famer of all time. Yeah, but just top to bottom, I like I like the way my team shaped up. Yeah. Was uh, is there anybody that you guys were a little surprised wasn't picked? Yeah, a couple. I I thought Shane Battier would definitely go. What about Jay Williams speaking? Well, yeah, uh, I was about to say, and, and Jay Williams from, from Duke. Uh, Grant Hill from Duke was another. Duke had so many guys because they've obviously been to so many Final Fours, but right. those three guys Grant, were all really high left on my big board. Grant Hill was a tough omission for me. I had Battier as well. Uh, Tony Allen, I almost picked just the two-way. Yeah. He was one of the best two-way players I've ever seen. Like People forget he, was, he couldn't score much in the NBA. Like He was the dude that when OSU needed a basket. In those, yeah. those big-time games they played, he went and got it. And a guy that – I had too many point guards. I almost went with this guy over Mateen Cleaves. Jalen Brunson yeah. won two national titles, was voted the player of the decade in 2010, the 2010s. Yep, yeah. And up. And uh, that's a guy that I think probably could have been picked too. Yeah. But, he, he, he was on that – with some of these guys. Was Brunson on that Villanova team that played in the worst national championship game ever a few years ago where they just, like, shot 100 free throws? There was just constantly – uh, I think you're ball. thinking of uh, North Carolina Gonzaga. Is that what it was? I didn't. Yeah. North I, Carolina I, Gonzaga I a couple years ago was the worst title game in the history of college basketball. It was so bad. Brunson was on the Brunson was on the Villanova team to beat o, the Villanova Brunson was a backup right. team on the Villanova team that uh, what's his name Chris Jenkins hit the game winner on. He was a backup point guard okay, on that yeah. team, and then he was the national player of the year on. 
the second Nova title team. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, if we would have went two more rounds, I think I probably would have went with. Uh, uh, I I I really I, I might have picked uh, Juan Dixon, the the Maryland kid, because I mean won a national championship with Maryland yeah. was pretty dominant in that tournament. And then uh, Tony Allen would have probably been yeah. one of my next picks as well. Like Carson mentioned, just a great two-way player. I mean, to have a defensive guy that would have came off my bench, that would have been pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brunson, Brunson actually started on the, start? the first national title okay. team. Yeah. And he shot 59% from two in his career. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. He was He's a guard. Sick. He's a guard, right? Yeah. 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 yeah point guard. That's insane. And uh, the other guy, Mike Bibby, was still really high on my list. Yep. He was on mine as well. Yeah. Uh, Mario Chalmers, Ed O'Bannon, uh, Jay Williams, who you mentioned. John Lucas was, you know, co-Big 12 player of the year with with Tony. Greg Oden, another guy. Yeah, he was on my board. Yeah. yeah. Mecca Okafor, national player of the year. Uh, that's that's kind of my list. Yeah, I had Camby, Okafor, and Oden left on the on my front court players. Uh, and then uh, I wrote him down, but I never had any intention of picking him. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I went back to look at his numbers and they weren't as impressive as, uh, I, I guess I just remember him being the guy that got drafted off that Butler team. Yeah. I mean, the back-to-back and, uh, championship games, for crying out loud. I couldn't pick this guy, but shout out to Kevin Pitsnoggle, one of my <laughs> yes. favorite players of all time. <laughs> yes. That West Virginia team might be my favorite team not associated with Oklahoma State or, or any local team. I loved Mike Ganzi. I loved yeah. Kevin Pitts. And all. I was living and dying with West Virginia hoops those years when I was in college. Yeah. I, uh, w- I almost wanted to do like an obscure NCAA draft, but I don't know like how you would even <laughs> set the parameters for that. So like just just obscure NCAA players that you, you liked watching. Like, like Pitts and all was a perfect example of that. And Mike Gant. Ivan McFarlane would be a yeah, top pick. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Guys that people just love. Right. All right, fellas. Uh, that was awesome. I will uh, I will put up a poll, post our teams, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the tournament. We've got a big weekend. Thanks for having me, man. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's good stuff. I uh, look forward to being last in the vote. <laughs> All right, Aaron Davis and Carson Cunningham from KOCO Channel 5 joining me on today's draft. All right, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I will post that draft on Twitter at Colby underscore Daniels. Uh, I will post the teams, and you guys can vote on who you think drafted the best college basketball team, the best March Madness Final Four team uh, of this group. So uh, look out for that at Colby underscore Daniels. All right. Uh, I, I told you guys I would uh, post my bracket today, so let's take a look at that real quick before we go sit on the couch for the next four days and watch college basketball. Uh, so let me pull this up. I'm going to try my best to talk through this while also uh, pulling it up on the computer. All right, so here we go. This is the uh, West and East regions, the top half of the tournament bracket. So initially, I went with Oklahoma over Missouri, um, two teams that certainly are struggling down the stretch, but I just felt like Oklahoma has a higher ceiling. At their best, they're a better team. You remove a key player from the situation, and, and for me, that at least changes things. So uh, I'm going to go Missouri. So my first round in this West region is Gonzaga, Missouri, Santa Barbara, Virginia, USC, Kansas, Oregon, and Iowa. I then have Gonzaga over Santa Barbara and USC losing to Iowa. So I have the Trojans over the Jayhawks uh, in that second round matchup. Gonzaga over Iowa in the West Regional Final. So Gonzaga is my first Final Four team. In the East, uh, I've got Baylor, North Carolina, Villanova, North Texas with the upset over Purdue, Texas Tech, Arkansas, Florida and Ohio State in the first round. This second round matchup, I think, is really big uh, as far as as this tournament bracket. Baylor, North Carolina. This is a game where obviously Baylor is a guard oriented team, and North Carolina has a lot of length and a lot of size. This could be a problematic game for Baylor simply because if you're not shooting well from outside you're not going to win the rebound battle. I mean, it's, you know, they can play four or five guys that are like 6'10 or bigger. Um, 
So, yeah, I think this is an interesting matchup. I, I'm picking Baylor to win, but this would be one that I, I put on the upset alert list and one that, uh, again, if, if North Carolina is is in a situation where Baylor's not shooting the ball well, uh, I could absolutely see Carolina just dominating the glass and, and getting a bunch of easy buckets inside. So uh, look out for that matchup if it does happen. But I, I'm still picking Baylor. Uh, I know Villanova is a pick that early in the season, I would have said they're, they're probably a Final Four team. They lose their point guard, which uh, has an impact, obviously. But I like them beating Winthrop anyway in the first round. And then I picked North Texas to upset Purdue. So maybe if it was a Villanova Purdue matchup in my bracket, I would I would lean toward Purdue, but uh, it's it's Villanova North Texas, and I'm going to take Villanova. I just think they still have too many talented players. So Baylor and Villanova, uh, Texas Tech Arkansas in the second round for me was a coin flip game that I went back and forth on. Ultimately, I landed on Texas Tech slightly, uh, but that's another game that I think you know flip a coin on your tournament bracket. I. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if Arkansas uh, was able to pull that one out. Uh, Florida, Ohio State, give me give me Ohio State, uh, and then I've got uh, Baylor over Ohio State in the regional final of that bracket. So Baylor is the second team punching a ticket to the final four. All right, bottom part of the bracket, we have uh, the East and the Midwest. I've got Michigan, LSU, Georgetown over Colorado which is one of those 12-5 upsets. Florida State, um, I've got BYU, Texas, UConn, and Alabama. I then have Michigan, Florida State, Texas, and Alabama in the Sweet 16. I've got Florida State pulling off the upset in the Sweet 16 over the Michigan Wolverines. So Florida State in the regional final. And then this is another tough one that I, I really struggled with. And to be honest with you, I felt like the winner of the Texas-Alabama game was gonna, I was going to have them go on to the Final Four anyway. So um, this is one of those matchups where I could easily see either team going on a run beyond this game. I went, uh, I went Texas. So uh, if, if there's an Alabama person out there that, uh, that sees Alabama in the Final Four, I think they are a Final Four caliber team. I think they're a lot of fun to watch, and they could, they could absolutely win this region. But I think those are the two teams right now that are the scariest right now in that region. So give me Texas over Alabama, and then I've got Texas over Florida State to win the East region, which is our third Final Four team. And then in the Midwest, I went Illinois, Loyola, Chicago, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, Syracuse, West Virginia, Rutgers, and Houston. Second round, I've got... Uh, Illinois, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Houston winning. I, I'm really excited at the possibility of this Illinois-Oklahoma State game. Uh, first of all, it's it's Cade Cunningham and this young group of Oklahoma State Cowboys that's really peaking at the right time, playing their best basketball at the right time against a team that's, again, a, a number one seed. They're one of the best teams in college basketball. They're really good. So I, li- I would like, A, to just see the test for Oklahoma State against a team that this that's this caliber, but... You know, I think it's a it's a bit of a matchup problem for the Cowboys in this game, and I would like to see how they were able to overcome that if if uh, that becomes the matchup. This is another one that I went back and forth on, but ultimately I think the 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 size inside for Illinois is the biggest issue. Um, this is a really good game, but uh, I've got Illinois coming out on top, and then I've got West Virginia over Houston with Illinois beating West Virginia in the Midwest Regional Finals. So my final four is the number one seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Illinois, and a number three seed with Texas. I've got Gonzaga and Baylor in the national championship game. And this was a game that was supposed to happen uh, in the non-conference portion of the schedule. I remember the day that it got canceled, and I was pretty bummed because I really did feel like these were by far the best two teams in college basketball. Um, Once again, I just point to Gonzaga being more well-rounded than Baylor and just having more versatility in the way that they can win. Uh, And, you know, it's it's just a really talented roster. Uh, So I, I, I hope this is the matchup. I mean, from a, from an entertainment standpoint, I think this would give us a terrific matchup. Uh, for me, Baylor just a little bit, um, or excuse me, Gonzaga just a little bit better overall than than Baylor in in that in that game. So, uh, yeah, Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, Illinois, my final four: Gonzaga over Baylor 
for the national championship. Um, you know, the other interesting part of this whole tournament is, is you know, are we going to have cancellations? Are we going to have players that maybe play in the first round and then test positive and can't play in the second round? I mean, that's going to throw everybody's brackets into complete chaos, as if brackets aren't chaotic enough when there are no other outside situations. So uh, it's going to be a wild tournament. I'm real. I'm ready to just, you know, park it and uh, and watch all the screens take in as much basketball as I can for the next few days, and it should be a ton of fun. So I hope everybody has a great weekend, uh, enjoys the NCAA tournament, and uh, again, I will post on Twitter our college basketball draft today at Colby underscore Daniels. All right, this episode is presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Uh, Check out their line of natural medicine products, Kratom, CBD, Delta 8, if you use the discount code Colby Show, you can save 15% off when you order online at abotanicalcompany.com. Not to mention, they have a drive through window for pickup, so it's easy, safe, and efficient pickup in Midwest City. But again, order online and save 15%, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody, have a great day, stay safe, and I will talk to you on Monday. Podcast is over.